You're listening to the Quince podcast. On 11th April, Shehbaz Sharif became the 23rd Prime Minister of Pakistan after his predecessor Imran Khan was booted off and ceremoniously threw in no confidence vote. After 3 years and 8 months in office and a lot of attempts to stay in power, Khan ultimately shared the same fate as the 21 Pakistani prime ministers before him, none of whom were able to complete a 5-year term. Shehbaz Sharif, who was leading the charge against Imran Khan in Pakistan's parliament, was elected unopposed shortly after. But as the new prime minister, he is going to be inheriting an economic crisis with soaring inflation and mounting debts, along with ruffled foreign relations with the US and a rise of militancy in the country. But as he takes up the new mantle, what is the perception around Shehbaz Sharif as a politician and administrator? How is his approach to foreign policy expected to be different from Imran Khan's? And most importantly, as Pakistan goes through this political reconfiguration, the question is, what will this mean for India and the changing geopolitics? Our guest in this episode is Dr. Samir Patel, a senior fellow at Observer Research Foundation, Mumbai. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. I'm your host, Shorburi. So let's talk a little about Pakistan's new Prime Minister first. Who is he? Well, Shehbaz Sharif is the younger brother of Nawaz Sharif, who as we know has been a four-time Prime Minister of the country. He was elected to the National Assembly of Pakistan in 1990. However, following the military coup of 1999, both Shehbaz and Nawaz had to spend several years in exile. And like his elder brother, Shehbaz Sharif too has been accused of corruption, something that the Sharifs allege to be politically motivated. But he's been helming the Nawaz faction of the Pakistan Muslim League party since 2017 after his elder brother was found guilty on charges of concealing assets related to the Panama Papers leak and therefore disqualified from holding office. The erstwhile Prime Minister Imran Khan had in fact milked the corruption allegations against the Sharifs for his electoral campaigns but before he came to power Sharif had already served 3 terms as the Chief Minister of Pakistan's Punjab province which is one of Pakistan's most populous provinces and during his term as CM he worked closely with China on Beijing funded developmental projects under the China Pakistan Economic Corridor or the CPEC initiative and on certain occasions even drew praises from Chinese officials for being a man of action according to Pakistani media Chinese officials have given Sharif the title of Shehbaz speed Dr Samir Patel is senior fellow at ORF also weighs in and he says that after Nawaz Sharif's departure from Pakistan Shehbaz has managed to hold the fort and that lends weight to his skill as a political leader So I mean given his record as the Punjab chief minister mm-hmm. uh, for a very long period of time I think you know she has been known as a capable administrator mm-hmm. and aside that in that he is coming from the powerful Sharif family which mm-hmm. has been running that uh, Nawaz Sharif faction mm-hmm. of the PPP I think you know that he is seen as a very influential man mm-hmm. but now you know uh, being a prime minister is a different ball game altogether so we'll yeah. have to see you know how he is able to uh, uh, transform himself from a from a very powerful regional uh, politician on satrap mm. to a national uh, politician so we we'll have to see that obviously since the time uh, he has uh, from the time that he has not been the punjab chief minister and as a member of the national assembly mm. i think you know there has been some change in his in his attitude and his behavior and 
the, the grasping of the national issues but obviously being sitting sitting in the prime minister's chair mm. uh, has a completely different kind of a responsibility so we'll have to see how he performs in that particular role. and how does he compare to his brother uh, i mean the fact is that you know that both ran the, the party very powerfully uh, uh, or efficiently uh, in the last few decades shows you know that he is also a capable uh, politician uh, and the fact that after sharif's uh, departure from pakistan he has managed to hold the ppp together so that uh, shows you know that he also has that organizational skill to run the to run the to, uh, to run the party and i think that uh, you know is reflected in the way the ppp has been able to work with the opposition uh, other opposition parties mm. in ensuring imran khan's downfall now as sharif takes over the reins of pakistan he's also taken over a cash strapped country with crippling foreign debts a 13% inflation rate and pakistani rupee on a downward slide there are certainly a lot of economic challenges at hand then there's the matter of a rise of militancy in the country in the recent months attack by pakistan's taliban has intensified and on the other hand imran khan's negotiations with tehreek e pakistan or ttp also failed last year and add to that the country's soaring ties with us uae and saudi as imran khan leaned more and more towards china and turkey in fact before losing office khan even went on to allege that there was a quote unquote foreign power trying to oust his government but given all these challenges What kind of reconfiguration will Shahbaz Sharif have to do, and how is his approach expected to be different from Imran Khan's? We take that question to Mr. Patel. In, in a sense, you know, this will be a resetting of the of Pakistan's foreign relations with the major partners. But the fact is that, uh, given the the current political uh, controversy about this foreign conspiracy, which has been done by Imran Khan to. Uh, Uh, to the top top of his government mm-hmm. would require cert- certain kind of dexterity from the from the from the new government mm-hmm. to ensure you know that at least the interests uh, I mean the relations with the US mm-hmm. are not uh, harmed mm-hmm. and are, are not damaged and ensure you know that there is a certain kind of continuity mm-hmm. and to ensure you know that even uh, during uh, the Biden administration there has been no phone call p- p- by Biden by Biden to uh, Imran Khan mm-hmm. uh, to ensure you know that at least the Pakistan is figures prominently again in the in the us mind space hmm. after the after the exit from hmm. from afghanistan so in that sense there is no resetting which is which is required at least in terms of major partnerships hmm. and i think with china obviously you know i think it will be a continuation of the of the relationship because uh, the cpec came essentially at a time when when the ppp was in power so the uh, sorry, the, the pmln was in power so in a sense uh, that you know demonstrates that there is that working relationship between between uh, between the sharifs and the, and the and the chinese mm-hmm. so again there also we will see the continuity uh, of 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 that uh, of that uh, relationship i think the, uh, the only other uh, tricky partnership would be with, with i think with india and speaking of india pakistan ties in his first speech as the prime minister sharif raised the kashmir issue he said that pakistan will continue to give quote unquote diplomatic and moral support to kashmiris When Prime Minister Modi congratulated him on Twitter, saying, "Quote: India desires peace and stability in a region free of terror, so that we can focus on our development challenges." End quote. Sharif also tweeted in response. He said, and I'm quoting his tweet: "Quote: Pakistan desires peaceful and cooperative ties with India. Peaceful settlement of outstanding disputes, including Jammu and Kashmir, is indispensable. Pakistan's sacrifices in fighting terrorism are well known." Let's secure peace and focus on socio-economic development of our people. End quote. 
So the question is, what does this mean for India, Mr. Patel Vizin? So uh, I mean, we have to look at uh, this question from the p- p- point of view of not what uh, Shahbaz Sharif said about the relationship with India, mm-hmm. but uh, you have to look at the Pakistan, uh, the national security policy of Pakistan, which came out early this year, mm-hmm. which unequivocally said, you know, that you know that there is Kashmir issue, which is at the core of the relationship. Mm-hmm. There is a certain kind of a government of an ideological orientation mm-hmm. in in uh, Pakistan, mm-hmm. sorry, in India. Mm-hmm. So that shows the attitude of an approach of of the uh, of the establishment towards India. So I, my presumption is that unless there is a nod coming from the military establishment, and we have to understand that there will be a considerable military—I uh, won't say hand-holding, but certain uh, very considerable in, very military influence over the new government to ensure that this government continues in power till the time the general elections uh, take place. Mm. So till the time the military establishment gives certain kind of a nod mm. to the uh, to the to the government to say, you know, that okay. Well, we can do certain kind of outreach to India, or we will have no problem if you do that kind of outreach to India. So it actually de- de- depends on not on the or not on the new prime minister, but on the attitude of the military establishment, and not just in words, but actually in terms of the actions. So whether, for instance, whether they continue to uh, uh, continue to the crackdown on the on the anti-India terrorist groups, whether they are able to hold those terrorist masterminds accountable for their. Uh, terrorist attacks against India. Those kind of things, I think, I think you know, will determine Pakistan's intentions rather than these just words, which actually, after a while, you know, will not carry any meaning if they are not backed by these substantial actions on the ground. So, I mean, his relations with the army. What does that indicate? You know, what does that indicate about what is to come? I mean, in a sense, you know, you can say that the relationship of, of any political party with the Pakistan military is a, has a checkered past. I mean. Just uh, the other day, Imran Khan was was the favorite of the Pakistani army, and today he's, he figures in the most uh, hated characters. So that so every political party has that kind of checkered past with with the Pakistani military establishment. As of now, I think the PMLN uh, you know appears to be in good books, mm. uh, but you don't you do you you don't know you know what will happen with the scene maybe after a few months or maybe after after a few more years. For a few more years, if the, if the military establishment feels. That the current uh, government is becoming too much uh, of a liability, just as the Imran Khan government had become a liability because of the mismanagement of the financial uh, crisis as well as the diplomatic challenges mm. uh, that it was unable to tackle. Mm. If they feel that the current government also is is unable to do that, mm. then obviously you know they will ensure invent new ways to topple this government. Shahbaz Sharif will be the prime minister for one and a half years until the next elections take place in Pakistan in 2023. But until then, he has a lot of challenges cut out for him. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, Jio Seven, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequin.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts. 